This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Later this hour, Pete Thamel will join us. It's a very important visit, by the way. Pete Thamel will be with us coming up in about 15 minutes or so. And then Eric McClain will be here in about uh, half an hour or so, and we'll have some fun with Emac. He was uh, golfing with the boys yesterday and making the rounds last night as we talked to everybody and their brother. Spring meetings, really, today, the first day, the everybody front and center. Scheduling is a main issue today, big time. What's the ACC going to do? What are we going to do with divisions? We're going to split these bad boys up and keep them in the Atlantic and the Coastal? Or do we bring them all back together like we did a couple years ago during COVID? We will see what happens on that front. But my partner, Wes Durham, is back doing his thing. We're all together again. The band is put back together. We're good to go on that front. So how are we doing? Oh, the pink Himalayan sea salt. We made this stuff famous a couple years ago. I've not sampled it yet since we've been here. Fabulous. Let me guess. Oh, Fabulous. did you do it? Bathroom? <laughs> Figures as much. This, uh, this, I'm kidding you not. This stuff right here, can you see that? Yeah. Pink Himalayan sea salt. And I kid it around, a couple years ago, um, they had this in the, in the men's room. Right. In a giant bowl. Right. It must have been, I don't know, the size of a bowling ball. Correct. And I, I remember telling you, I said, man, whatever that salt is they've got here, this is the greatest stuff ever. Right. And you could go to the gift room, the gift shop here, and this right here would cost you about $65. That's correct. And I'm like, so the way I figured it out, it must have been about $5,000 worth of pink Himalayan sea salt in the men's room. <laughs> I thought about just taking the whole thing and taking it with me on the airline, but I didn't. No. So being the nice guy that I am, but man, I appreciate you bringing me Absolutely. Some sea salt. Well, I figured, you know, a little bit to help you get started. I've not had it yet. Yeah. Ready to go. So there you go. All, All right. right. Pete Thamel comes up in about 15 minutes. Eric McLean later this hour. All right. Good to go. A uh, lot of stuff happening. As we've mentioned here, uh, the football divisional situation. Uh, but let's let's spend a moment here on something that starts tomorrow, and that is the ACC softball championship in yep. Pittsburgh. Because we're going to pay attention to it as we're here at Amelia Island, uh, and we had great guests uh, over the last couple of days, uh, especially as it relates to where this is going with this event. Interesting though, and you mentioned this yesterday. Florida State's the three seed. It's crazy. Our national power is a three seed in this event. Well, I mean, Virginia Tech's had a spectacular year, right? right. 21 and 2 in the regular season. Yep. They're the number one overall seed. Duke, the defending ACC champs from a year ago, which was a surprise, are the number two seed. Florida State, Lonnie's team, awesome as right. usual, a standard top five team. They're the three seed. Notre Dame, Clemson will play each other on Thursday. That's a four it's and a five seed. Those are two teams ranked in the top 25. I mean, the league is ridiculously good. But, again, all the festivities get started tomorrow. ACC Network's got everything for you. You'll be good to go. It should be some kind of tournament. Well, Brittany McKinney was very insightful yesterday on our program. Despite Virginia Tech and Duke and all those things, she still likes Florida State to win this. Well, I put her on the spot. You got on my case about that. But, again, she's allowed. She's got 24 hours to change her mind if she wants to get off the Florida State bandwagon. But it should be a great tournament. And, of course, yesterday, flipping the script a little bit, uh, the ACEC with, I think, 10 teams. Was it 10? Yeah, 10 teams in the women's NCAA golf regionals. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, here, here they are, if you're in the mood with your standings. I know it's not on our script, but yeah. uh, we got uh, five of the 10 teams are in the top four of their respective regionals. Again, the top four and the top two individuals in the six regionals will move on to Scottsdale. So it's just the first of three days on the golf uh, standpoint for the women. The men start next week. So there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. Of course, we're coming down the stretch with baseball, too. And don't forget, 
The ACC Rowing Championships are Friday. That's right. Lake Harwell. Yeah. Clemson has home lake advantage. Virginia, again, I keep telling you, the Who's and HTO equals number one. What about Syracuse? Syracuse, Syracuse. I know in those flights that we uh, announced last Friday, Syracuse is A lot of folks think they're they're ready to dethrone the Who's. They've won 11 consecutive ACC rowing championships. (laughs) It's Friday and Saturday at Lake Hartwell. Yeah. So, um, by the way, in case you missed it, Steve Forbes, Mike Bray with us, Mike Norvell with us earlier. Uh, more guests to come as well, including Eric McLean and Pete Thamel, as Pac already told you, so we're looking forward to that. Maybe some old friends visit the show before we're done Good. here on Thursday. We got, we got all kinds of old friends walking around here, but the meetings are now underway. That's they started right. at 7.30 this morning. So, uh, you know, if we can grab somebody in the hallway, that's kind of how we roll on this thing. There's nothing scripted when it comes to guests. You just kind of wing it for these next couple of days. Yeah, but that's good. And uh, they're all bowl rep- – by the way, they're television partners here, as you would expect. There are bowl representatives here. The, uh, Bill Hancock, the executive director of the CFP, is here, uh, typically at this event too. Dan Gavitt of the NCAA is expected to be here for some of the basketball meetings later today. Uh, SWA, senior women's administrators at each of the institutions, are also here to discuss things. There are – general meetings, if you will, where everybody gets in the room. Uh, Those are rare. They break down by sport. They break down through compliance and governance. There's all sorts of different iterations of the way those work. Um, You know who's not here? hmm. Leonard Hamilton's not here. Coach, wish you a speedy recovery, a little hip surgery. Yeah. So wish Leonard a quick, speedy recovery. There are three basketball coaches not here. John Shire, his wife Marcel, expecting their third child. Jim Beheim and Leonard Hamilton. Yep. Those are the three basketball coaches yeah. out here. But coach, quick, quick, speedy recovery. Yep. Coach, so, one of our uh, favorites. Looking forward to uh, to seeing Leonard coming at a uh, at a sooner date, and uh, we do hope he gets back on his feet quickly. So, what do you think is going to happen with the schedule? I think that I don't know that it will be official, but I, I think the the football schedule is going to go to the three with the rotator, and I think it'll be played in twenty three. I really do. I I think this can be a very efficient moving piece. The biggest question for me in any of the scheduling pack has always been eight to nine. Because I do believe that in the last couple of years, there was momentum to nine in this league. I really do. I think that that conversation occurred. I thought nine had a chance. I thought it had a chance to be relevant. But I do believe the math got in the way along with the four schools that play that game. Now, let me also say this, too. Don't ever lose sight that those four games operate under a separate contract. Sometimes those contracts are written in a variety. You could have four different rivalries with, uh, with different ideas in terms of, like, Georgia Tech, Georgia may be on a five-year deal. Clemson, South Carolina may be on a 10-year deal. We don't know what those are going to look like, right? So you've got to maintain those relationships, and I agree with you. I think the value to the ACC and the value to – the uh, SEC is the same. Those games need to stay in place. But I think the eight games is, is something that's going to stay in place. All right, let's bring on our next guest. And it's an important one for us because he makes his debut with us on television. And Pete Thamel joins us from ESPN.com. And Pete now becomes the 800th different guest on Packer and Durham. Number 800 right here, Pete Thamel. Pete, how about eight? Congratulations. I don't know if you get a mug or what happens at free parking or whatever. I don't know what we come up with for you on that. But that's awesome, dude. Number 800, brother. 
Yeah, all your coaches come on the show and talk about their mugs. I feel a little, I got a little FOMO. So I don't know if the shipping department can get one up to Boston or what. We'll have to figure that out. All right, let's get to business first, though, other than that. Um, what, what's your gut tell you about what the ACC is going to do from a scheduling standpoint? What do you think they do? Well, I, I think there's a there's an overall feeling that the, the way the schedule is right now is a little bit stagnant. And I feel like the you know power brokers in the league ha- have a feeling like they want to revive the schedule a little bit, juice it up a little bit. That it, It's fallen into a certain monotony. The same teams kind of playing the same teams home and home every year. And some of the great uh, some of the great potential crossovers that just don't happen. And so I really feel like we're going to end up with that three five model you guys were just uh, you guys were just talking about. And I think there'll be other options discussed, including a two six. And that is for the uh, for those who know traffic and scheduling. And God bless you, because it's uh, it's a, it's a wonky little world. That would be every program has three permanent games they play every year. And then they obviously, the other league games all rotate on and off. So in this case, it would work, the math works pretty well for 14 teams. It would be five on, five off every year. That means over the course of a four-year career or four-year span, if you're a season ticket holder, you'd see every ACC team in your stadium over that four-year span. And that's not happening right now. And they, the, the folks around the league feel like that would just juice things up a little bit. I don't think it's any kind of paradigm changer that changes a contract or, or changes any of the financial realities the ACC is facing right now. But I do think it's, it's a step forward and it's a little bit of an energy jolt for the league and the schedule. Hey, Pete, let me ask you this, though. If the ACC sets this bar at Amelia Island, do you think there are other leagues that are going to move toward that kind of model whether they play eight or nine that are going to say, okay, let's take the division walls down and see how many teams we can push toward what will be ultimately the expanded college football playoff field? So, Wes, the the step that still needs to happen for the ACC and others is the NCAA meat grinder has to pass sort of an elimination of divisions for a conference title game. That's that's regarded more as a formality than than anything else at this point. And I I think – both the ACC seemingly setting the pace car here, um, and I don't know if it gets done at Amelia Island or soon after, but the, the, the general tenor is that it's headed that way, um, would certainly open up the eyes, and the NCAA legislative piece would open up the doors for this to become more commonplace. And uh, I think you can see others following suit. I, I think it, look, if you can maximize as a league the potential for your programs to make the college football playoff. And, and despite the expansion speed bump we're in right now, there's a there's a collective belief among all the conferences and power brokers that eventually we're going to get to 12. And that's going to happen just at the end of this contract. This current delay we're in is really right. just a two-year delay. And so I think that all of the big picture stuff that leagues are discussing right now is going to be aimed toward that 12-team playoff. I think that is absolutely 100% right. Uh, Pete, what was your thoughts after what happened yesterday with the NCAA? I mean, it's one thing to talk it. Can they walk it as far as enforcement goes? I think that was really collectively greeted amongst those who've been around for, for a while, packed with it, just a giant yawn. Um, 
they, they have a chronic inability to enforce their own rules. So setting a subcommittee to set up a subcommittee to set up a discussion to bring out more rhetoric doesn't mean anything if you can't enforce the rules that you have. And right now they are in a cycle of no belief around college athletics. The college coaches aren't scared of cheating. The college administrators aren't particularly scared of the NCAA. And certainly these outside collectives, which could hit the NCAA with a legal hammer at any moment. I mean, the only thing higher than uh, Steph Curry's three-point percentage is the percentage of people suing the NCAA successfully. So, and the NCAA has operated in this fetal position where it's been scared of lawsuits. I should say free throw percentage, not three-point percentage. Um, NCAA has just operated in this in this fear of lawsuits, and we're, we won't know what the actual rules are till the court set them. And that's going to be one of Mark Emmert's legacies at the NCAA. It's, his entire tenure has basically been an unmitigated failure, and amid that failure, he's been able—he's failed to set rules and allowed courts and maybe Congress. I mean, look, they're looking at Congress for a hail mary here. That's how desperate things are. Yeah. So, um, okay. right now, there are no rules. They can say there's rules, but I don't really—I don't really think the space is going to operate with them. Okay. I want to then fall back to something Mark and I were just talking about, Pete, and that is. It appears, at least on the landscape, to those of us that cover the games and those of us that look at the business of the games, that then college athletics is left to the five commissioners and Jack Swarbrick. Are they not? As the leadership group that then has to carry this entity forward? Well, I think it's been that way for a while. It's just been window dressed, uh, window dressed different. the one thing that has my interest peaked is that Greg Sankey has spent a lot of time on this uh, transformation committee that's hoping to set the rules going forward via the NCAA. Greg Sankey would not do this if he did not believe there was some validity to the direction it could take the space. And so that's right. one thing I'm curious about because there are a lot of smart people. Like You're not going to go waste your time on some committee and spend hours on these meetings and fly to Indianapolis a million times if you didn't believe that could produce actual change. But in the last 20, 25 years I've been doing this, there's been a lot of committees that have thought they could make actual change and they basically all failed. Yeah. So it, I'll believe it when I see it, but the fact that Sankey's put his muscle behind it makes me believe that there is a chance that that could sort of set some of the tone going forward. But I, I think from the big picture, we're more likely to see the scenarios that Jack Swarber talked to Pat Forty about a couple weeks ago where there are there is some type of breakaway and there is some type of it, we are we are not headed towards a time of harmony and togetherness um there there's, appears to be some type of separation that's inevitable it's just a matter of figuring out what it is what works legally what works with title nine what works with different tax entities pete i'll be honest with you I, i've kind of reached the point where i'm rooting for that because i think it's the only way for it to survive I think it's the, the best chance for it to survive. Look, the, the games are unbelievable. All the problems seem to melt away for a couple of weeks once foot hits ball in, uh, in, in August and, and once you know, the, the ball gets tipped off come, uh, come early November. Uh, the, the product is great. The games are great. The systems around them are flawed, have been flawed. The games have been so profitable and so popular that it's masked and obscured all these problems for years and they've now just built up to a head. And, you know, I don't think anybody has any certainty about where they're going, but 
the current models are clearly not sustainable and there's been enough apathy where seismic change is almost a necessity. All right, but let me also add this too, and I said this earlier in the show. There are going to be some institutions, though, Pete, that have to make very, very interesting decisions. Some of those decisions would be diametrically the opposite of what their core values are as, in, as universities and institutions, right? I mean, if you're going to stay in this game, it may be absolutely against. Mike Bray was with us, right? Notre Dame may have to mm-hmm. do something that does not jive with their core mission. Fair? Sure. No, there are going to be difficult decisions. I would think about Stanford in that same in that same breath outside of your ACC and quasi ACC footprint. Uh, I would think of some other places. If if you want to play at that level, there's going to be there's going to be a literal cost. And, you know, the education component, as this has turned into a billion dollar business, has turned into an awkward component. That's just the that's just the fundamental reality. And those schools that, you know, you think about Rice is, is, is another one. You know, there's a Vanderbilt um, as another one has obviously yeah. struggled to find footing in the SEC. Um, you know, those are places that are, that are going to have to take long looks because part of their identities as elite academic separators are their athletics. Yep. You know, what's Stanford yeah. and Williams or something like that? Like, you know, they're obviously size difference and location <laughs> difference, but... The, the allure of, yeah. of big-time athletics is one of those things that uh, in that elite, elite category, when you're trying to recruit the top students, that's that's a difference maker for uh, for them. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. And then, the, you know, the NCAA's stake in the ground still is that pesky little billion-dollar tournament that, despite itself, the NCAA runs pretty well every March. And so how right. does that factor in? Is it just football that breaks away? That There's still multi-billion dollar contracts i think that ncaa basketball tournament contract off the top of my head runs about the same length as the acc tv contract mid-2030s so uh, i went to syracuse so i'm not i'm not very good at math um but i think that's probably means there's about 14 billion or so left on there and it's probably a little more than that because it escalates so I haven't uh, I haven't taken a lot of contract law classes, but fourteen billion dollar contracts are probably difficult to uh, unwind. So, it's uh, yeah. you know there's there's a, there's a fascinating chess game that's going to be played played out here, and uh, I, I don't even know if the the actual answer to what we become has emerged yet. Okay, there we go. Eight hundred proves to be very strong, don't you think? Pete, keep up the great work, man. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, Pete. Hey, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Wes. All right, you bet. Uh, When we come back, uh, we will go to the bowl business. Not not the bowl, the bowl business. The bowl business. Because Eric Palms joins us. Noted Foo Fighters groupie is next on Packer and Durham. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. (laughs) Oh, beautiful well, Foo Fighters Island. music for palms, huh? Of course, that's how we roll. Look at man. that. That's how we roll. All right, let's get him on here. Yeah, because he got a, a coming in. A very important meeting is coming up for Eric Palms, the uh, Grand Poobah of the Orange Bowl, of course, which yeah. typically features the Atlantic Coast Conference champion yeah. in most years. Yes. Right. Uh, great to see you. 
It's I, I'm, I'm, I feel awkward separating you two from your long <laughs> He's history. He's my together. man. Now we go blockbuster bowl, man. We go black. You talking about Florida ties? Twenty-five years in the making here. No, long thirty years. Thirty, 30, 30, 30 years, years in the making. Yeah, huh? we go back to Wayne Heisinger, God rest his soul, and the old yeah. blockbuster bowl. Keith Tribble. Yeah. yeah. Mike well, Lude. Mike Hill, athletic director. Developing right then. The entrepreneurial spirit oh, of yeah. Mark Packer. He was the best. And let me tell you something. Mike Hill was on that staff. Now yeah. running the show for the yeah. show. 49ers. That was a uh, really talented group. Yeah, it's not bad. It's amazing that bowl is out of business. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, what, as a CEO of a bowl, what transpires in here for you? Because I think people yeah. say, okay, coaches, ADs, SWAs, yeah. FARs. What for the bowl yeah. is it value here? Yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity after obviously three years of COVID to see people in person for the first time in uh, a good stretch. Uh, but for us, it's, you know, to see the athletic directors, the head football coaches, to see industry executives okay. like yourselves yeah. Yeah. is an okay. opportunity to, you know, advance what's happening in the current system, look into the future, uh, and it's a relationship business, so we have an opportunity to see people firsthand. So what do you think about the expansion of the college football playoff? For, for the Orange Bowl, yeah. what does that mean? If we, if we go, if I said yeah. to you, Eric, five years from now, we got 12 teams. Yeah. What do you think the Orange Bowl does here? You know, I've been here 29 years, so mm-hmm. we've seen the evolution from the Bowl Coalition to the Bowl Alliance to the BCS, now the CFP. Uh, we're ready for change, whenever change is ready. Commissioners drive those conversations, athletic directors. Uh, obviously, there's a serious conversation going on. It was slow down a little bit for the time being. I'm guessing it's going to pick up. For us, uh, we rem- remain adaptable to whatever's to come. We have the infrastructure in place, whether it's a venue, whether it's, you know, infrastructure of a committee, whether it's uh, the resources to do whatever postseason college football asks for, we're ready to go. We've done very well in the CFP. We just had our last semifinal game, which yeah. was tremendous. We recognize there's a very serious conversation going on. All right, the bigger landscape of this, and you've seen it, because as you said, you've been there a long time. It feels like, with all the stuff going on, that college football, the CFP, these five commissioners in Jack Swarbrick, they're going to set the bar here, Eric. Mm-hmm. That relationship you have, whether it's Jim Phillips, whether it's Greg Sankey, right. Bob Bowlesby, whoever, feels like you've got to maintain a strong foundation in this, and, and you've got it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, evolved, like I said before, from what was a two-team playoff in the BCS to now the four-team playoff. Um, there's a lot that needs to be considered. As Commissioner Phillips articulated, uh, you know, to the to the media recently, they want to take a look at the full gamut of college yeah. football. And when they come out of it, there will be that conversation. From our standpoint, we want to make sure we're at the forefront. Yeah. We have a lot to offer. Uh, bowl organizations like the Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl do a lot, not just for postseason college football, but in our communities and so forth. So I think they know that, that that's there mm-hmm. and that the infrastructure, what that committee offers, makes it seamless. And you can see it during COVID. When COVID hit and you had you know these bowl games thrive through it, it was very difficult. We made it through it. We had the national championship game in Miami and Hard Rock Stadium. And, and so we think we have that to offer to right. whatever's to come. By the way, in parting, because I know you got to get zip out of here and go yeah. to a meeting, I thought it was very rude of you yeah. to come driving in in an F1 car. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go? Yeah. I was on the road. I was not there, okay. but I watched and I saw the infrastructure what was built at Hard Rock Stadium. Unbelievable. It was amazing. And by the way, the Miami Open was there a month before. 
So what Steve Ross, Tom Garfinkel have done at Hard Rock Stadium is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Great to see you. All right, Always guys. appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. The legendary yes. Eric Paul, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, a lot of these stories not available for television between <laughs> he and Packer. All right, when we come true. back, Eric McClain's triumphant return after yesterday's historic ACC Network Golf Invitational. We will have full details of an Instagram challenge that he and EJ Manuel posted next on Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. Gator sightings. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee no longer with us. Good grief. What a beautiful place. Yeah. Sun's up. Yeah. And gorgeous. Uh, from Perfect here on. day for 36. Yeah, we're going to get to the details of the very exclusive ACC Invitational yesterday that was staged here at uh, Amelia River, by the way. Uh, looking forward to that coming up. But uh, first, we're going to get down to some real football business. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, multi-time Atlantic Division <laughs> champion Eric McLean Come on. to the program. And you may want to, you know, kind of house all those Atlantic Division T-shirts you got from your playing days because they may be gone. I'm cool with that. Are you? 100%. Okay, so the talk is divisions could be abolished and we move to a three-on, five-rotate. Yes. That's perfect. Okay. Well, tell me why. Well, number one, I mean, you, we want our best foot forward, right, when we're playing a championship game. And the biggest example that closest to memory is Pitt 2018. Six and six in a championship game. Yeah, true. I mean, what are we doing? That, that shouldn't be the thing. That, that wasn't the second best team in the mm -hmm. ACC, but because of divisions and all that stuff, you know, we had to have them. But I, I just remember back to even my playing days in Florida State Clemson. I mean, how fun would that have been for two potential top ten teams playing in Charlotte, playing in, I think it was in Tampa one year. Um, it could have been really cool. And, and I just think it's a good way for the ACC to put their best foot forward get two teams in we just saw it happen mm -hmm. we just saw what could potentially be and to me it's just it, it just makes your conference stronger it gets better opportunity gets better eyeballs who wants to watch a six and six team in a championship i agree with you 100 i mean the object of a championship game in a perfect world if you can control it right is to put your two best teams in the championship you know the big 12 is really the only conference today that guarantees that. Right. Why? Because their two best teams in their conference are playing for the championship. Now, ironically, they're having conversations now because of expansion that they're going to go to divisions while everybody else is thinking about going, hey, we're going to. No, but they need to <laughs> right. do that. Quite, and they're almost behind the, the curve from that perspective. But if the ACC ends up abolishing it, I, I think it's a good move. Yeah. I do. And what, whatever the combination of scheduling, whether it be three permanent right. or two permanent, either one is better than what you currently have. Absolutely. And, and Jim Phillips has made it perfectly clear, he wants football to be good. Right. It is a priority in this league. And to do that, you got to put your football programs in the best possible light. That's the best way to do it. Right, and, and I'll tell you the, the other part that, it, it's not as big a deal, but it should be. It's a cool thing, is if you do what we just said, the three or the two, five, you get to go to every single ACC school. I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to play at Virginia Tech. I didn't get to play at some of these awesome schools. And that's a shame. That's unbelievable that I was there four years, five if you count the bonus year, and didn't get to go to Virginia Tech. And you that played Virginia Tech one time and you played them at home. Yep. 
And you yeah. never went to Blacksburg as a player? Never. Never. And when I did, it was awesome for Notre Dame. We were just there this past <laughs> season. I would have loved to have played there. But I mean, you, it's crazy. But you say that from a player's perspective. Yeah. From a fan's perspective, right. it's the same thing. Right. You want to see all these teams come to your house. You get a chance to go there. I, again, it doesn't matter to me if they pick three or two, but both of them are better than what we currently have. 100%. I totally agree. And, and I think all of those reasons, fans, student-athletes, best game at the end of the day, that should be enough. And let's talk from a selfish standpoint, from a television perspective. Absolutely. It Fantastic. is without question the best move. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so what's the problem? I agree. Right. I, that's what I want to know. All right, I want to zero in on something because we know you and Kelly Gramlich do a great podcast. You, you cover a lot about football. You have great student-athlete conversation. You guys went to Mobile, did some shows, things like that. I want to ask you, even though the ACC did not put a team in the CFP last year, what is the big positive pull away from 21 to get us to 22 in your mind? Really, I think it's the, the quarterback play. I mean, we saw a glimpse of what I think this year can look like. And, and the biggest thing for me, Wes, is that has to equate to wins. Because we can sit here, and we did it last year a little bit. I think we need to do it a lot more this year and say the ACC, there's no question who the best quarterbacks in the world are right here in college football. It's in this conference. Right. So that has to mean something. That has to be able to take a next step with Wake Forest, with Miami, with NC State, with Pittsburgh, all these teams that we're saying, we'll take these guys against anybody. Louisville, my goodness, Malik Cunningham. And see these results in the win column. Stats are great. Wins are better. And I think when you see that and we saw the quarterback play that we did a year ago. Right. I expect a final form of a lot of these guys. Phil Dracovic at Boston College, my goodness. I mean, this needs to be the year where everybody's like, whoa, where'd that guy come from? We've known about it for a while. He needs to take another step. Well, the narrative changes when you win games. Absolutely. It's been beaten at And when you for, win out of conference games. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. I mean, it's the only way to change the, the low-hanging fruit. Oh, the ACC, it's Clemson, nobody else. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Well, the only way that changes as far as the national perception, yes. though, is guess what, Miami? You go play AM. That's the one. It's a huge game. That's the but one. Guess what, Pittsburgh? You know what? You did a great job last year. You get West Virginia, Tennessee, bang, bang, weeks one and two. Go take care of your business. Yes. Hey, Florida State, you want to get back to the national level? LSU comes at rolling exactly. in this, you know, to New Orleans. Those are the kind of games you circle. And now anybody can schedule right. them. You get out, you got to go win. Right. And because of quarterback play, those games, it, that's when you have to do it. Because you have leadership. You have experience. Florida State, as you just said, Jordan Travis, I mean, that, they have bought into him. You know, I thought it was going to be very interesting to see, right. are they going to go to the portal and try to get somebody? Or are we going to put our arms around this young man and say, this is our guy, this is what we're going to do? And that's what they did. And so that, it has to mean something. Well, and I think, too, Mike Norvell, and he was with us at the start of the show today, I think Mike Norvell has benefited from being dealt a lot of low cards in the first couple of years. He's managed to play them, yep. okay, survive. And Pat said this earlier, Eric, I think the fact they were able to bounce back after that start and kind of finish on an upswing, I think it's huge. I really do. I mean, I mean, you talk about a coaching job. We were sitting on the desk of the huddle saying, what's going to happen? I mean, they're – one and five, one and four, whatever it ended up being. Oh, and four. And it was the the sky was falling. Yeah. And what's gonna are they gonna win a game? I mean, I mean we look at and the I were schedule. There the of Jacksonville yeah. State. Yeah. And we're looking at the schedule and saying, where's the win? Where are they gonna win? And they turn it around. You see the buy-in, almost get to a bowl game, and it, it's just 
you, you want to see that keep coming together. You want to see this product of, okay, that's what we expected from Coach Norvell. Mm-hmm. And I think they're close. Now, there's a couple of skill players I think they still need to have grow up. Wide receiver, my goodness. I mean, the skill players at Florida State right now have to take steps forward to where those are the guys I played against. Those are the dudes <laughs> that that spear came in. It's like, ooh, heartbeat gets going a little bit. Right. Um, that, that's what you have to have happen. Yeah, you know, they win five of the last seven. The two they lost, Clemson, game they could have won, had the lead late. Clemson makes a couple of plays and wins. And, of course, the Florida game at the end of the year, which was for a bowl. Then the flip side is I keep talking about, you know, Miami, Florida State, Virginia Tech. Those are the three that I always go to that have yeah. to have the bounce back. Exactly. Of course, you got Brent Pry, new man in charge in Blacksburg. We'll see where that goes. But it looks like they found their quarterback in the spring game. And then there's Miami, right? Totally different vibe. Upbeat. You got a Heisman caliber quarterback there. You got Mario filling the vibe. He's back home. People are at locals are fired up for it. Miami A&M, I go back to that game and just get it with a magic marker and circle. It's the kind of game that can kind of set the pace for the Canes the rest of the year. No question. I mean, you're looking after that game. Are they a top 10 team? Are they a top 15 team? Because I think they're going to be very highly rated in the preseason. I just think the hype... The, the, what Miami is, that's just always what happens. But then you can back it up, Pack, very early, and especially in that environment, Kyle Field, TVD, let's go. You know, here's the other thing, too. We haven't mentioned Wake Forest. going to be a preseason top 15 yep. team. Hartman's back. We know we're going to do a great job. Dave Clawson's done, and they got everybody and their brother back. What are you doing? It's a wolf pack. Wolfie. No, I was going NC State. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfie. Do you, you want my script? No, no I'm with you. Wolf pack. Right. I mean, we got some people. In Can't the find national, them in CBS's top 25. No, we got some people in the national media that don't even have them in the preseason top 25. We have some people have them ranked in the top 10. So yeah. I got news for you. They're going to be a really, really talented football team yes. with another quarterback. And Devin Leary that nobody and their brother talks wow. about. And Dave Dorn says, guess what? Yeah. You guys, I've got the best quarterback in college football, and he's in Raleigh, North Carolina. And oh. I'll tell you what about that is yeah. I expect to see a Kenny Pickett-like jump from him. From Devin Leary. 4,000-plus yards, 40-plus wow. touchdowns. Wow. And, and this is why. He's in the third year as a starting quarterback in the same offense. He better know that thing as well as the coaching well, staff. He better have the ownership right. and – they couldn't really run the ball last year. The best offensive lineman just went to Charlotte. They're not going to force the issue. I expect him to throw the ball 40-plus times a game. I think that coaching continuity has been the secret for Dave Dorn. Unbelievable. About, Unbelievable. Along with patience, right? Yeah. How about their staff? That's They're right. the only that's one it. in the league that's all intact from yeah. a year ago. <laughs> all right. Packer said, I want to say a month ago, a fist fight in the Atlantic Division, which is foreign territory for the Clemson Tigers. Yeah. yeah. But – do you sense a fist fight in the Atlantic? I think until proven otherwise, yeah. I mean, what is DJ going to be? You know, what, what is this offense going to be from Clemson? We, we have to see it. It's not so much as, you know, it, it just totally has fallen apart, but you saw the spring game. It wasn't much glimpse of it. It was vanilla, and you can't hit the quarterback, so we don't know how mobile he's going to be. But until proven otherwise, that Clemson offense has to regain some trust pack. Now, defensively, I think they're going to be one of the best, if not the best in the country, but it also speaks to what NC State has done and who they have coming back and the team that they'll have, as well as Wake Forest. Well, here's the why you need to know the answer to that, because you don't get a chance if you're Clemson to figure it out and we'll deal with Wake and NC State down the road. You get Wake Forest, what, September 24th on the road? You get NC State the next week, and the week after that, a road trip to Boston College. And then there's Florida State. I mean, there is a stretch in that schedule 
that you're going to know exactly where the Tigers are. They need to figure out their offensive identity Absolutely. early in the season. Absolutely. And it's going to be interesting. What is that going to be? You know, because we saw at the end of the season when they went on that run to win 10 games, they ran the football a lot. They used those three running backs. And in this spring, Shipley was hurt. Mm-hmm. Pace was hurt. Moffa was the guy. And I think that without that happening, which you never want anybody injured, but without that happening, the silver lining is Moffa has emerged as now. It's a three-headed monster. I mean, give those guys the rock. We saw a split-back look from Clemson. I mean, when's the last time we saw anybody in a split-back? So uh, they have to – for me, it's been a while. For, uh, you, you, have, you have to do it. And, and so you have to use those guys. But in the same breath pack, quarterback plays how you win. That's how you win in college football. It's how you win the NFL. And so at the end of the day, DJ has to take the necessary steps be more accurate, be more on time, and his wide receivers have to help them. They have to catch the ball. I mean, they had a drop rate last year that was the most we've seen in a long time from Clemson. And so, offensively, got to get it going, got to figure it out. I'm sure they will. But until they, we show that, you, you got to think it's going to be a battle. Still Sorry. not bad for a team, though, with no offense to win 10 games. <laughs> That's I mean, we right. know how, how, straight years? how many straight yeah. years has that been? 11. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, before we go to break here and we come back with some very important information regarding ACC Network and golf invitationals, can we show you the FPI projections? No, oh, come free on. Free pack information, let's go. Can we show you? We don't have the top ten. Uh, I happen good. to have it. You no, me. good. No, no, no. Good, we don't have it. Who, who do you have? Clemson you is have? four. Okay. Pittsburgh is nine. I like that. I like that. Tell me about the Panthers going to break here because that's the one I think Clemson four, everybody goes, okay, <laughs> yeah. 11 years of 10 or more. Pittsburgh loses Kenny Pickett. Right. We don't know the Addison situation, but why would Pittsburgh be gaining as much momentum as they have? Yeah, five offensive linemen back, three running backs back, a wide receiver room that even without Addison is loaded. You get Mumpfield from Akron, and a defense that, listen, they have star power this year. Kalijah Kansi, kind of the lead dog there, who's a freak. I think it'll be a first-round pick. Could be. Um, But even if they didn't, that's what they do. They reload guys. And the, the system, the chaos defensively, I think Pitt is going to have a massive, massive year. If Slovis can be a sliver of what we think he can be building on that freshman year, yeah. man, look out. I mean, back-to-back is in He's play easily. Arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. First two games, though, I'll mention. We'll West Virginia, out. Tennessee. I mean, right. that's those are two terrific yeah. games. You're a Pitt fan. Get your season tickets. Right. And those first two, no again, question. will set the tone for the Panthers. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back on this program, the full details – of a very, very important moment in ACC network history. And it has nothing to do with boating. (laughs) 18 holes yesterday. There might have been been some water. There might have been some water involved. When we come back, full details from one of the uh, participants of the first ever ACC network golf invitational. Next on Packer and Durham, live from Amelia Island. The Packer and Durham podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Don't forget ACC Network's your home of ACC Baseball. Saturday, 1 o'clock, presented by Auto Owners Insurance Pack. Number 7, Louisville visits number 5, Virginia Tech. That should be a heck of a ball game. And then the nightcap comes to you from uh, Dick Hauser Stadium at Mike Martin Field. The Canes and the Knowles get together. Number six, Miami, and number 21, Florida State. Seven o'clock on ACC Network, live on the ESPN app. A lot of numbers on that.
Noted there we baseball. go. So uh, Miami, Florida State, Louisville, Virginia Tech. Good hardball for you this weekend on uh, on ACC Network. Look out, my stuff's blowing away here, boys. <laughs> look at the, look at the athleticism. Is that a two dollar bill right look there? At, that is a two dollar. Come on, bill. Oh, yeah, keep it handy just in case I run into Clemson fans. <laughs> look at the footwork. Look at the fantastic athleticism displayed by the man in the middle. All right, Eric McLean. Let me tell you something. If a Gator gets loose, guess who he's not catching? This one. Look at that footwork. Remember. No question. You zigzag. Don't run zigzag. Straight Don't ever run a straight line with a gator. That's right. All right. It's good advice. Uh, it is good advice. And uh, later, Packer will put his toe in the water where he's immediately the visiting team coming up. The Too beach. smart. Yeah, no, we're taking you over there. All right. Real quick. We left yesterday's show with a picture of E.J. Manuel Sunday afternoon hitting balls talking about <laughs> Eric McClain and I were going to challenge Dallin Cuff and Jordan Cornette. That's right. Well, a funny thing happened on the way to the very exclusive ACC Network Golf Invitational yesterday. Dallin Cuff was thrown onto the waiver wire, <laughs> and Luke Hancock was signed. Ringer. To tee it up with Jordan Cornette. Here to present the exclusive details of said event did you win or did you lose? We lost. We lost. Let me just tell y'all something. You and EJ lost? Luke is very good. Luke's very good. And uh, it was impressive to see the, the high bombs, the fade, little draw, putting. It, it was incredible. And so, honestly, it probably wasn't a, a fair waiver trade, you know, because it was exceptionally better, I think, than Dallin was. So, are you saying Luke carried Cornette? Oh, no question. Okay, good. Well, it, it could have been the three of us, best ball versus Luke, and he still would have killed us. I mean, it, it was – but here's the deal. We hit the ball far, ends up in the woods, but who cares? Chicks <laughs> dig the long ball, pack. okay? So that's what we did. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I don't know about all these lies that are going on over here because I don't know what's true anymore sure. with this, sure. all this golf you guys are playing. Right. By the time that Amy and I arrived here at beautiful Millie Island, yeah. we were literally walking to our room. Swear to God, who do I see? The the tandem, not only the foursome of McLean, Cornette, Luke, the rest of them. Then I see Kelly Gramlich and Kelsey Riggs also what? also partaking, and they were like, "Yeah, we were out there playing." I'm like, "Oh boy!" I knew instantly I need to go to my room because what? there's no telling what's going on. So, so we had a follow up foursome behind us. With Kelsey Riggs, Kelly Gramlick, Dallin Cuff, yeah, made it, yeah. and Chris Spatola. Oh, Spatola! So off the know, ACC Today we, we Show. Figured, we figured it out. And uh, yeah. our group definitely better. Um, you know, that they were doing okay back there. They were having a better time than we were, but we were hitting more accurate balls. Okay. How so, much American so, currency was exchanged? So we, we had an eightsome, basically. Candace we had the eightsome. We had an eightsome. We had an eightsome. Um, you know, I think we can keep growing. I think there's some real promise to this, and and maybe it's a. You know, we did a golf cart on at Notre Dame. We've shown that we can do live TV mobile, and so I think we need to cover it next year. Aaron Katzman's running around here somewhere. I'll pitch noted that. Golfer, and Katzman. Noted golfer. I mean, he can play. Club member. He can yeah. play in it. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, the match who like this will be way better. I said, I, I saw everybody. And we're going to get Packers swinging the golf club. Ah, boys, y'all, y'all want no part of that. No Mac. part of that. Still Mac. haven't hit a bad shot in 25 That's years, right. and I like it that Mac, way. do you realize you're talking to the foremost rowing authority, though, That's in the right. Atlantic Coast Conference? That's right. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, and in Friday at Lake Hartwell, Clemson with the home lake advantage. You want me to tell you something about What's that? What's that? So I was in Clemson for a week doing all the different things, had a couple of speaking things, all that. I had five-plus people come up to me and say, where are Packer and Durham getting here? 
We've got our boats ready. We had a Clemson Navy ready for that show. I, I'm going to say this again. I, I gave all of our suits six months notice <laughs> did. of this did. idea of doing a show from a boat for the ACC Rowing Championships. I will still hold true, as long as I'm still employed by ESPN. <laughs> I still believe that is a great idea. No question. Right, I'm just saying. I mean, we had a Navy ready to be I, with I'm, you. I said that if we do this, there will be hundreds of boats out there watching the Goofy show. I had at least five. I don't know about hundreds. I, had right. five. I would have 100 boats. Instead out. of Lake Hartwell, he's going to swap that for Lake Como. It's not bad in Italy. It's not that's, a bad trade. I gotta tell you, I, I kind of like that. that that's it's a, a good upward, deal. That's upward movement, as right, far as I'm concerned. Where we have a couple international streaming shots. Or uh, anything I don't know about like that. streaming, but you'll get some. Video, uh, you'll, B-roll. You'll, B-roll. You will get some. I promise. <laughs> that's coming slowly but surely. All right. That's so, right. so we are to report that Luke Hancock in bold, Jordan yeah. Cornette in yeah. italics underneath, <laughs> yes. were that's the fair. winners of the ACC Network Golf Invitational. Yeah, it was impressive. It was impressive. And Again, you and EJ Manuel got a participant's we ribbon. F- we finished, so that's good. I, I <laughs> got to tell you, though, if looks meant anything in the lobby yesterday, oh, yeah. the winners of the golf tournament were Kelly and Kelsey because <laughs> they looked like, hey, you know what? I don't know what those guys are doing, but, man, we were having a good time that's out there right. doing they our did. thing. And, I, again, I don't know who won the bet, but the, the ladies looked like they literally they came out ahead. They, they brought morale to a, a high. It looked that way to me. No question. The so, post-game celebration. That's right. So will there be more golf on the uh, schedule for you? We're, we're, try, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying yeah. to fig- I mean, it's a shame we can't just walk you know, 10 feet and play. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're trying to work it out. By the way, here's the photo from uh, yesterday oh, we that we ran. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, look my at gosh. Look at also, this. Also, I have to tell you a funny story about this. Okay, so when we were taking this photo, Kelsey started back near Dallin. As I'm clicking the button to take the photo, yeah. somehow she just, like, appeared in the front. I don't know how she did that. Yeah. It was magical. Um, but as you see, Spatola, Dallin, uh, you know, they're having a great time there. And there's the ringer yeah. in the way in the back. Yeah. Just doing his thing. Yeah, it's look unbelievable. At, look, at, look at Cornette and EJ like they're running for office. <laughs> That's right. Dowling Cuff and Spatola, sunglasses e- to protect their participation. That's right. EJ's saying a little prayer for how bad we played on the course. Is that he, what he's happened? just trying to get forgiveness for yeah. you know, the damage. Kelsey getting cut off at the bottom of the picture. Is that a Carolina Panthers hat she's wearing yesterday? <laughs> it too? was. All white. Kind of all white. Representing the home team. Yeah, there you Big go. icky, baby. Come on. How good, about that? That's a good pick. That was a great pick. Happy Packers for him. Sorely. Packers sorely disappointed, though, because Kenny Pickett would have helped the HOA fees. I'm not, I, I have no I told you this the other day. As long as the Panthers picked an ACC guy, yeah, I'm you're good. good. Yeah. How about a Clemson guy for once That's in That's what I said the other day. We don't have enough time Unbelievable. For oh, for tomorrow, Let me tell you about Clemson guys. Dabo Sweeney at 7.15 tomorrow morning on this show. Jim Laranega will join us live from the island. Plus, you never know who's going to walk on, like Steve Forbes or Mike Bray, Mike Norvell, Eric Palms. We had a great show today. Fun show. Andrea Adelson, David Hale, Pete Thamel, thank you as all. But a lot of business, though. Ser- I mean, we're cutting up, but there's a lot of serious yeah. business taking place. We'll have some news days. for you tomorrow morning. And uh, don't forget, All ACC comes up later tonight, uh, 5 o'clock on, uh, on ACC Network. Good to see you, my man. You too. Eric you McLean, always fun. Pack, day one in the books. We're not done. we got more work to do. Uh-huh. Got more interviews. I'm going to hit the course, we'll see man. you guys tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Casey, great job. Ives, well done. Jen, terrific. Thanks to everybody here in Amelia Island. Next stop, the beach for Pack. 
Tune in to Packer and Durham weekday mornings from 7 to 10 Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel 371, and streaming on the ESPN app.